Today in the Attorney Career Advice Podcast with Harrison Barnes. But you're also learning something. Well, an attorney with their own small law firm. You don't think it you have to do that, you're not going to get the job. No one's going to. You're expected to have a higher level of performance. How do you recommend job seekers assess the long-term growth potential of smaller firms compared to larger ones, especially considering the prestige associated with different practices? Okay, so my advice is to try to get the best job you can when you're young. Get the best job you can. And then as you start assessing different practice areas. So whatever the practice area you want to do, if it's family long, you want to get, you want to do the same thing. You want to get a job uh, with the best, with the best people in the market, with the best attorneys, the best firm or attorney in the market. And the same thing with every practice area. Everything you're doing is learning. When you're learning at a big firm, you're learning a certain way of thinking and a certain way of approaching problems. And then when you start, and when you start a consumer facing practice area, you're learning business, how do they get work? Plus you're learning how to practice that practice here. So what I would recommend anyone that goes to work in a consumer facing practice here do is I'd recommend that you go to a place and go in there with the understanding that really what you're trying to do is you're trying to learn how to do the work, but you're also learning something that will enable you to start your own business eventually. And if you go in with that expectation, you're much more likely to do much better in, in the long run. Just give me one sec. I'm going to grab something. All right, I'm back. Okay. So that, I hope that answers your question. And again, if I'm not answering some of those questions to the best, the way you like, you can certainly, if I just respond in a way that, that understand you were responding, you can always ask a follow-up question. I've understood. Okay. So this is a good question. So how do you get positions with small law firms as opposed to large law firms? So anytime you're applying to any type of position with any type of law firm, there's a couple of things you need to be aware of. So the biggest thing that every law firm and every large or small is looking for is some sort of connection. So what does that mean? That means that you're able to connect with decision makers or people inside of those organizations in a way that is meaningful and that makes them want to hire you or, or talk to you. So what happens when everyone reviews resumes, and I review hundreds each day, is people will look at a resume and they'll reach conclusions about someone based on the content of the resume, and or they won't review the resume at all. So if you're a law firm and you post a job, what'll happen is you'll get a bunch of resumes like in the first day or two, so many that you will, so many resumes that you mainly look at the resumes that come the first couple of days and then schedule interviews based on that because you can't possibly keep up with all the resumes that come later. So that's one thing. If you, so if you, in the same thing with smaller firms, so they may not get as many applications, they may not even get any good ones, but they will get applications. So what you need to do in that kind of situation is you, what do you do to stand out? The only way to stand out is to get the attention of people that are making decisions. And so one of the things that I've found that's remarkable works, I've had people literally walk into my office before when I had jobs and say, this is my resume. I'd really love to interview for this position or something. And that works. That's a band. You're like right to the top of the pile because you walked in and gave your resume or it looks like you're interested or people that will call up and say, this is a position I really like. I'm really interested in it and, and leave a voicemail or something that gets your attention. So you don't want to come across as uh, crazy or something, but 
you need to try to get the attention and connect with the decision makers. That could be being in the same, I don't know, event as that. There's all sorts of ways. The thing I think uh, that's important, especially when you're talking about transitioning to a, a smaller firm, is to contact, make contact with people in those firms that can potentially help you. And you can explain to them your interest in their firm or why you'd like to work there and get their attention. And I can just think of all the people that I've interviewed and hired in the past, the people that were able to make a connection with me uh, typically were the ones who were hired. Uh, for a long time, all the recruiters at BCG were all from firms that, that you know, are, were through people that knew people. So if someone in our firm recommended someone else that I would hire that, it's just, that's how things work. So the idea is the big, better you do in making the connection, the better. Same thing with if you're at a small firm trying to work in a large law firm. I'll never forget, it wasn't too long ago, I was talking to a, a guy that had graduated from like Rutgers or something. And then you saw six months after his graduation, he was suddenly at like Baker McKenzie or some giant law firm in New York. And I'm like, how the heck did that happen? And he said that he was used to walk his dog every morning to the dog park at 6 a.m. or something. And there was always this guy there that was also walking his dog. He talked to him and got to know him and they talked every morning. Then eventually it got around to the guy asking him what he did. And he said, I was graduated from Rutgers. I don't have a job. And suddenly, because of that connection, he was at this giant Amlov 50 law firm or whatever it is. So this can happen. You can get jobs in giant firms and, and things, but you have to make a connection. And that's what everything's all about. Do you know the secrets to getting your dream legal job? We do. And one of the best things you can do is apply to jobs that fly under the radar. Applying to openings with very little competition means you stand a much higher chance of getting hired. But how do you find openings like that? For starters, you're not gonna find them on major job boards because these jobs are usually only advertised on companies' websites and in small regional publications. That is why we created Law Crossing, the most comprehensive database of legal jobs in the world. We have a team of people constantly working to find every single legal job out there. Unlike other job boards, which only list jobs that companies pay to post, we include every legal job we can find in order to maximize your chances of finding a job. So what are you waiting for? Head over to www.lawcrossing.com to find your dream legal job today. Everybody wants real connection. So social media is just not real connection. Sending a resume is not a real connection, but to the extent you can make a connection with people, whether you're trying to get into a large law firm or a small law firm, that's really what gets things done. So if you're just applying to a large law firm and, and think you're going to get hired, if you don't have those type of qualifications, they're just going to bring in the best person they can get. It typically won't be you if you don't have the greatest qualifications. So you're just, you're not, you're playing a losing game, but if you're able to make connections then you can do all those sorts of things. Especially think about if you're a, a attorney with your own small law firm and you don't think anybody's going to want to work there. And all of a sudden someone shows up and says, they'd really like to learn from you. That could be um, very meaningful for you. Okay. So yeah, so meaningful work. So it, it depends on what you believe is meaningful work or not, but what is meaningful work? Meaningful work could mean, let's see, most trade vision prestige of the work potential for meaningful work as well. I'm sorry, notice that attorneys often face a trade-off between the prestige of a well-known large firm and the potential for more meaningful work in a smaller law firm. 
Can you discuss factors to consider when evaluating the trade model and how it can affect one's long-term career prospects and job satisfaction? Okay, so there's kind of two types of meaningful work. Work for um, a large law firm is actually is meaningful work. So you will be exposed to how to uh, do work in a very sophisticated way, way with a bunch of with, with a bunch of smart people, well, fighting other against other smart people. Other smart people, sir. Tired now. Okay, so what does that mean? So when you're working with really smart people, you're picking up ways of looking at problems, or ways of analyzing things, ways of how to look at problems in a different way. And that's actually, this is going to make you smarter and make you a better attorney and smarter. So it is very important to the extent you can as a young attorney, you don't have to, but to work at the best law firm you can with the best attorneys you can. So I'm not saying you need to go to work in the in a personal injury attorney or divorce attorney or employment type stuff right out of law school. But if you, and, and you can, but, but working in the best law firm, you can make you a better attorney with the ability to see and analyze problems and understand things at a level that you might not necessarily learn in a smaller law firm. So there's really no trade-off for that. And that training is excellent. Now, if you can't get that training, that's okay. Because the thing about a lot of consumer practice areas, a lot of consumer patient practice areas are more about passion. Sometimes more about passion and drive than other stuff. Not always drive, skill, whatever, skill, et cetera. So you just have to keep that in mind that it's not always a huge trade-off, but so that those are some of the things that, that I would uh, bring your attention. Those considers those that's the trade-off. Your long-term career prospects in a large law firm are more unclear. So you have to see what are the what's making people uh, successful in your firm. Is that something you could do? Do you want that life? Is that something you can see yourself doing? Here, it's the same thing. You're going to learn a business. So if you learn a business, you may learn how to get business and all those sorts of things. And so that potentially can make you much more successful as well. So that's a trade-off. One is you're not necessarily going to learn a business. You're going to be a better attorney, possibly in a consumer-facing practice area. You're going to learn a business. And so you have to decide when it works for you. So I'll just tell you briefly my experience. Again, I'm not like an expert in all this from the standpoint of having practice law, I did practice law for three years, but I'm more of an expert because of the stuff I watched. But in my particular situation, when I looked at the cost benefit analysis of staying in a law firm versus starting my own thing, for me, it made a lot more sense to start learning a business immediately that I could build a company with as our business, as opposed to working for someone else and, and doing something different and staying in a large law firm that was less certain about what would happen. So that was how I looked at it, but it's not necessarily for everyone. Can many attorneys serve an individual or dependent class B and may, may not have the same visibility as those working in high profile corporate cases? How can lawyers and niche effectively communicate their expertise and dedication to potential clients, especially when they may not have high profile? So you can, you, if you have results, this is just about sales. So with no results. You sell this, the, I mean, these are just general ideas. You sell hope and with, with results, you sell results. So sell results without any 
without, if you don't have any high profile cases or matters, you, you just talk about what you do and how you help people. So the average consumer that's looking at this stuff is not that sophisticated. Someone that needs immigration papers done isn't going to look for the results you've gotten for other people. Someone that needs some something done. These are just basic things to understand that how do you market things? How do you do it? So I'm not an expert in marketing for telling you how to market. You just need to look at examples of what other attorneys are doing. A lot of times what people will do is that they work in a big law firm, then they start a, start a small law firm, or they start their own firm. They'll say, oh, I worked on these clients and these clients. I went to this law school. I went to, I know a woman that became a well-known criminal attorney, criminal defense attorney, just by starting a website. All it said was she went to Harvard and talked about our passion. This, you can do this. You can, if you figure out how to market yourself, you can do so very effectively. And it's not that hard, but you just have to look at what other people are doing and go from there and not look too much at what other people are doing. So let's hear. Okay. I was dancing this one real quick, but this isn't too difficult. Okay. So this person says many, oh, sorry, Roland. Can you provide insights into how an attorney can effectively position themselves to stand up to legal recruiters when their career goals involve serving less important clients, especially if they don't have a substantial prior experience in this area? Okay. So recruiters are not, recruiters are only interested, some of them don't know what they're doing or in everyone, but if to be interested in a career, you, you need to have a defined practice area. You, you need to stand for something. So it doesn't matter what it is, but you need to have, you need one thing. So you need one thing one practice area, preferably, that you're an expert in. That's it. What does that mean? It just means that you need to look like you're an expert in something. So it doesn't matter what it is. It could be, I don't know, toxic tort plaintiff work. It could be, but you need something like one practice here. Because the problem that a lot of attorneys make, at least from my standpoint is in the recruiting field, is that they try to like look like a bunch of different things. And most law firms want people to do one thing. There are law firms do nothing but motorcycle accidents. They do nothing but truck accidents that do nothing but, I don't know, just any, anything you can think of, but the more specific your practice area is, the better. So if you go to BCG's homepage, you can see all the different practice areas and the people that do the best just have one practice area. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be asylums for immigration training, million different things, but you de definitely need something. And if you have something that will help you a lot when you're looking for something. Okay. This next question. Want to overcome a lower GPA one due to family event and applying for a new school? And I'm not sure what that means, but it doesn't matter for consumer facing firms, meaning you're working for people, firms, they don't care really about your GPA also does not matter when you're a few years out of law school. That's it. You don't need to worry too much about this stuff. So you just, you know, you overcome your GPA by applying to firms that don't care. And if a firm cares, how would you, no one's going to sit around looking for an explanation that even though there's a family event, this is why my GPA was low. If you have to do that, you're not going to get the job. No one's going to care that you didn't get a high GPA. If you didn't have a high GPA, you didn't go to the best law school. It doesn't matter. You just need to find people where it doesn't matter. And Plenty of employers, most employers, unless it's like a huge law firm, but tons of competition for openings and lots of people that they need to distinguish between, they're not going to care. Do you want to grow your legal career? A lateral move might be the right choice to get you on track for your career goals. 
Working with a legal placement firm like BCG Attorney Search can open doors for you and help you live the life you dream of. If you're looking for a new legal job, send us your resume so we can help. Visit www.bcgsearch.com and click on Submit Resume to be paired with one of our legal placement professionals who will work tirelessly on your behalf to get you your dream legal job. Submit your resume to www.bcgsearch.com to get started today. So the idea with GPA, just so everyone understands, and just write this, it's the only, it's just a tool really for employers to discriminate, to evaluate students from the same school. If you're an employer, just say it's, I know, Wayne State in Detroit. So at Wayne State Law School, there's about five big firms in Detroit. So there's five big firms in Detroit. We have Foley, I don't know, Else. Miller, Campio. It doesn't really matter, just a bunch of them. So you have about five big firms in Detroit. And so those law firms, if you have, I don't know how many people I heard at that school, but if there's 150 people, when you were fifth in your class, someone was 100, another person was first, another person was 10th. This is just so if these firms hire one person per year, out of this local law school, the only person they're going to hire, they're going to look for the highest GPA people because these are the only people they have to discriminate. So they're going to be worse than the fifth and let's just call this the 12th, 14th, and then first, third. They're going to be more interested in the third than the 10th and more interested in the 10th and the 14th. And so they're just able to evaluate people from the same school about who's more desirable. But no one cares when you're out for a year or two, what are your practice areas? So there's 300 practice areas. If you look at BCG, there's 300 practice areas. Obviously, it's more about your practice area when you're out for a while, practice area and a quality firm than anything else. So that's all people really care about uh, when you've been out for a while is the, the practice area and the quality of the firm you're at. So that's really the most important thing to think about. Okay, let's see. Click the live. What do you do if you did not, if you did graduate from a top law school, but went to small law firms and partners are, are rationally intimidated. And so you are afraid of jeopardizing your job and don't realize the training that you need. Okay. I think what this person's saying is that they went to a top law school and people in the firms are intimidated by the fact that they went to a top law school, the small firms, and you don't feel like you're receiving the training you need. So the first thing is you need to forget about where you went to law school, where you went to law school doesn't really matter. I know it does to you, but the, the most successful attorneys, honestly, the ones who do the best, don't even talk about their law school. If they went to Yale or something, they do, or, but, but the most successful attorneys don't really make their law school something. Why would you let something like that ever upset people or make them think that you're better than them or whatever? You need to, you need to act that you can learn a lot from people and ask them a lot of questions and make them feel important. So I know people, just by the way, that went to Harvard and things, and it's like the first thing they'll talk about within the first two and a half minutes of meeting anybody. They'll start saying out east and whatever, and they'll just bring up the college. But you don't need to do anything that makes people feel intimidated and turns them off. Why would you? So you don't ever want to, if you went to a great school, you don't ever want to bring it up or act like it makes you better than people or act. Like you even care. Like I went to, where did I go? University of Chicago for college. I would probably talk about it like literally 
in any group or something, it might come up like once every three years, literally. I will say I'm where I went to college. I'm telling you right now, but I would probably bring it up once every three years. I don't say when I was in college in the Midwest, when I was, no, I just literally come up probably once every three years. It'll come up uh, rarely. Just no one asks me. I don't volunteer it. No one cares. It's just, I don't have to talk about it. I don't make a big deal out of it. I'm not even conscious of it. I don't think, why would I bring something up that has the capacity to alienate others from me? But you just don't talk about it. Why would you, you don't have to be conscious of just because you went to a good law school is meaningless. All it means is that you got a probably good LSAT scores or good grades. I was talking to the Dean of Admissions of the top 10 law school not too long ago. And they said that one of the interesting things is that when people are made to law school, most people have either a really high GPA or if they don't have that, they have a really high law school. So it's almost like you get two classes of people like that are coming in, even at the very, very best law schools. All going to a good law school means is that you've had really good grades or a really good LSAT score and, uh, and you show a lot of aptitude for the practice of law. It just in no sense and no, no one is going to reward you for that. No one cares. So you, you just have to stop worrying about it. just because you were able to get good test scores or a GPA in college, that's it. You don't need to, that's all you need. It's, that's it. So you don't, no one should talk about or care about where they went to law school after it will get you in the door at some firms. It will make you successful. It will enable that to happen. But other than that, you shouldn't care. And the smartest people don't care. They don't bring it up. It's not part of their identity, their performance at work and the decisions they make and that the way they take care of clients and things. That's what, what really matters. And the people that do care about their schools, a lot of times, I think it ends up holding them back. I, it's, in some cases, it's actually a drawback to go to a good school because uh, you're expected to have a higher level of performance, be smarter, more successful, and that's not always the right thing. So I don't think people are going to be uh, intimidated. If you're working at small law firms, then you need to learn the business. So Small law firms teach you the business. You watch how other people are doing the work and, and then you are getting clients and then you allow those smaller law firms to teach you the business as opposed to learning, as opposed to learning a lot of stuff on the job. So small law firms, most of the work you can, frankly, a lot of it you can learn yourself and you'll see how, how that works in the long run. But yeah, you don't want to ever, I just want to bring this up to make sure everyone's clear on this. If you went to a good law school and you're working for people that didn't go to good law schools, but you need to be very aware that you have a, they're going to try to prove something sometimes to themselves, such as uh, people that go to good law schools, I'm smarter than them. I'm more motivated. I'm a better attorney. So you need to just put that aside and you need to be likable and successful based on your performance and nothing to do with your law school. Your law school is meaningless. It's just, I don't know how many different ways to say this. It will get you in the door somewhere. But other than that, you can't allow it to hurt you, especially at smaller law firms. And the second you act like you think you're better than anyone or smarter or anything like that, those these law firms will, people in those law firms will destroy you. Just keep that in mind. Okay, well, thank you everyone for being on this webinar and thanks for all the questions. I think this was a very important webinar. I hope everyone understood the topic. I know it was rambling in terms of there was a lot of material, but I do appreciate it. And, and I hope this was helpful and I will see everyone next week. Thank you.
That's all the time we have for this edition of the show. If you are an attorney looking for a change, head on to bcgsearch.com.